hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm so excited that you are here with me today because I got my good friend John Smith coming in the program from uh, EBS in uh, Tennessee, uh, in a small town, Morristown, Tennessee. And I think it's like two guests from that same city in a matter of like two weeks or a month. Anyway, uh, pretty crazy, but I'm excited to have this dude on. I've known him since, you know, I was born pretty much. Um, been a longtime family friend, one of the best salesmen I've ever met in my life. Did some training with me as I was coming up in the biz and I appreciate him so much for it. And I've been wanting to have him on and it's been a long time coming. So I'm glad he's coming. So get ready for a good one. This dude's got a lot of energy and uh, a lot of good nuggets. Get a pen and paper ready to go. I couldn't do this show without my sponsors. Uh, number one, uh, I just, I love them so much. And number two, they love you so much. So uh, just take a take a minute to check these out and let them know that I sent you. Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network for a reason. They just want to help you to be the best agency owner that you can be. They want to help you to uh, give markets, whether you need one or a hundred, they, they got it. Uh, they can help you out. They also want to help you in, in so many other ways, whether it's, uh, Higher commissions, yes, higher commissions, or uh, lower volume commitments, or uh, they want to get you some some more bonus. Who doesn't like money? Uh, go to smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting all those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. You know, they've been uh, the king of that area for personal lines for a very long time and made that process so much better for you, the agency owner, for you, the agency account manager, for you, the producer. But now uh, they're going to be ruling the world in the commercial end as well, because, yes, they can help you get loss runs now. Yes, they can help you get the deck pages for commercial. Yes, they can help you in so many ways. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Check it out. You're going to be so happy that you did. When you go to that backslash Heath, you get a discount. You can book your demo. You can see an awesome video with this guy. You're going to want to see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally kidding about that part. I'm not that vain. However, I can't wait for you to check out this episode because my man, John Smith, brings the heat. And I know that because it's already been recorded. <laughs> anyway, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my main man, John Smith. John Smith, what's happening, brother? What's up, Heath? How are you, man? Man, I am good. I am good. It's crazy to have you on here. And it's crazy. We talked about this a minute ago. Two boys from East Tennessee in like a matter of a month on my show. <laughs> I know. I didn't even know East Tennessee existed until now. Now I know it's out there. <laughs> man, you've known me for 20-something years or longer. You, you, you knew about East Tennessee. I know. My whole life. I think I've been out there to your office before. It's been a long time. I think, I think you have. Crazy. So what's life like right now in East Tennessee over in Morristown? Well, uh, today's Friday. Uh, my wife and I have been on the road this week working with agents, making calls, writing some business. Yeah. We're uh, sending out e emails, you know, kind of thanking people for meeting with us and doing some follow-up work and turning in some applications to get paid. Well, I thought with Cinco de Mayo, you'd be half drunk by now. Well, not yet. You know, you said that the other day. You, I remember you posted and said, uh, people ask you if you're the kind of person with a glass half full or half empty. Yeah. And I responded, I'm the kind of guy that the glass is always full or I change bars. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I hear you. So, yeah, we're having a big Cinco de, Mar Cinco de Mayo party at our house tonight. So, um but Wayne's coming. But, it's not going to be a banger or anything. Well, that's all. I'm glad I got the invite. Thanks. <laughs> Dude, you're like 12 hours away. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
Um, so are you in Tennessee right now? Or are you in like Puerto Rico or wherever you're supposed to be? I'm in, in Tennessee. Yeah. We're right in my office there. Now you live in, where do you live sometimes? Costa Rica or something? Yeah. My wife and I have been going to Costa Rica for about nine years off and on. Uh, you got a place there? We bought about three years ago. We bought a condominium down there and we usually go around November and stay till April and then, uh, come back and we have to work, catch up on things here at the shop and so to speak. And, we go back in July for a little bit and come back and then we'll let the rainy season pass September, October. We'll go back in November. That's crazy. That's awesome. Good. And, for you, you know, and COVID's proved that I can work remote, so that's not too bad. That's pretty true. That's pretty true. Yeah. Um, well, let's take a, a walk down memory lane. I want to hear your story. I've known you my entire life, but these people haven't. So All let's right. talk a minute. Tell them about you. Well, uh, I grew up in Morristown, Tennessee. Well, a little, little community outside of Morristown. Uh, my parents and family, we had a 320-acre farm. So I grew up milking cows and farming. We'd had tobacco, and of course, we had hay. And uh, we, we would do peppers and tomatoes, with some kind of other crop to go along with tobacco. Heck, when I come home from school, it was work. It was farm work, and it was hard work. It taught me a very good ethic, I think. Um, once I got to high school, I started playing sports football, basketball, ran cross country and track. Um, I was very smart back then. Didn't have to take a book home and graduated fourth in my class with high honors. Then when I got to college, I wanted to be an engineer at Tennessee Tech and calculus and I didn't see eye to eye. It literally kicked my, you know what. And uh, so I changed into finance and um, that kind of fit into the insurance side because when I started school, Reagan was our president, cut out student loans, so I had to have a job. And I was actually going to sell encyclopedias for Britannica door to door. And our fraternity advisor heard about that. And he said, instead of doing that, come talk to me about insurance. So I went and talked to him and he painted this rosy picture of how easy the insurance business was, which we all know it's not. But I decided to start selling insurance and uh, I was selling life insurance policy to seniors that before they graduated, they could defer payments for a year. And then their note matured in five years. They had a note that built interest to pay it off. It was all real sweet, tied up in a pretty bow. And uh, so I became really popular in uh, married housing. Uh, those folks knew me and I would sell a lot of life insurance. Uh, so after about a year in the business, I decided that um, I want to sell health products. I want to sell uh, medical insurance and dental and vision. And I kid you not, Heath, back in the 82, uh, 81, 82, when I was selling health insurance, you could sell a good health insurance plan with like a hundred dollar deductible, 500 out of pocket with a half a million dollar coverage for 45, $50 a month, an individual, 150 for a family. And you made 45% commission. I mean, you could make a lot wow. of money in the insurance business back yeah. then. Of course, that didn't last too long, as we know. You know, those kind of things changed a little bit. Um, but, but back uh, then, I, you could go to the movies for a quarter and get popcorn for a nickel. It wasn't that long ago now. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had we actually had indoor plumbing, okay? <laughs> I got you. Um, but also, right around that time, around 82, I met this gentleman in Nashville who who was a, a anomaly, as I called him. Um, he brought me in and, and taught me how to sell the group market. Uh, I think you might know him. His name is Wayne Sherry. Oh, we yeah, called yeah. Him, I know that we guy. Called him, we called him Colombo. Okay, he had yeah. Uncannity ability to pull into a parking lot and catching somebody outside, whether they were mowing yard or emptying trash or just walking to the post office or mailbox or, I mean, whatever. And he would ask him every question about that group. So when he walked in, he knew everything about that group on the front end. And we were just amazed at how good he was at doing that. Uh, I'm not sure if he still does that as much as he used to, but he, he, he kind of, him and Danny Brooks who hired me with Kentucky central, 
when I was at uh, Tennessee Tech kind of taught me how to work with associations, which is what we've been very successful in doing right now. Wow. Yeah. He, no, believe it or not, at 80 years old, I was talking to her 79. I was talking to him yesterday and he was apping up a policy or whatever, getting ready to send it into like, Oh, and I was like, dude, let, just let it go. Hang it up. And he was like, no, <laughs> he always tells me the day he retires, the day he dies. Like he's afraid that, you know, if he slows down, which I'm telling you, he'll outlive me. I swear to God, he's still up working out every day. He's still eating yeah. right. He's still. Him and your looks, mom are both amazing. It's crazy. You they know, are. he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do it. He lives a boring life. I guess that's what you got to do to be Abraham and live to be 150. <laughs> Probably. But whatever. Well, then. No, I love it, right man. That's my father. Right after I got hooked up with your dad and he showed me all those kind of things, uh, which, by the way, he, he gave me a nickname, Disco John, because we'd go out and uh, he would laugh that we would go to a function. And we had to have a um, exhibit booth, and we would work the work that association thing. And me and one of the guys would always go out all night. We'd come in at five o'clock in the morning, and him and Ron would be up to go run the next morning. And they would think, like, "Are you going to run with us?" No, I'm going to bed. I'm just getting in. You know how that was back when you're in your twenties. Oh, yeah. uh, but then I moved back to Morristown around '83, and uh, still, still sold business. Uh, I was uh, like most people in their early twenties. You sell a little bit, you'd get a nice little paycheck, and you just kind of not sell for a little bit. You'd live off that paycheck. But uh, then I opened up an office and hired a, uh, a couple of agents to work for me, hired a secretary and became responsible, as I call it. And uh, so then we've started uh, working these associations. You know, we do a lot of cities and utilities and counties and home health, adults with disabilities, those kind of things. And our company's called Employee Benefit Specialists. So we opened that up back in 84. And so we've got about 30 agents in five states. We do somewhere between 25 to $28 million a year in employee benefits. So we do a real good job. I would say 70% of our income comes from the group business and the other 30% comes from the individual market, especially with the Affordable Care Act, you know, the marketplace health plans. Uh, we probably have five or 6,000 of those that we write annually. So, so we stay busy. Yeah, dude, it sounds like it. It sounds like it for sure. So um, is that, okay, so when you do the group stuff, you do... Like dental and vision and all that too, or is that a whole, okay. Uh, no, I do the medical, dental, vision, life, disability, all the ancillary products, do everything for them. Wow. So you can go in from A to Z and do all of it for them. Cause right. I, I didn't realize all that. Uh, and going back, to your, uh, go going back to what you were talking about a minute ago, I remember when I was in my twenties and I'd come travel with you uh, and they'll do stuff when I first started with dad and I couldn't hang with you. You really would be out all hours, but what impressed me the most, and you had gotten a little older by this point, you'd still be up early going to get your chicken biscuit and uh, coffee. And <laughs> you'd say your prayers for the morning and take off. We were ready to rock. And I was like, how in the world? Yep. I'm in my toilet. I couldn't keep up with you. Um, but yeah, this dude's an animal. Uh, I remember working with you back then and we'd go, I think I met you in Memphis a couple of times as well. We'd go see yeah. We'd go work. And by the end of the day, after several, I don't know, 50, 60 apps you'd have done, I'd, I'd be worn out. I'd be ready to go in the afternoon, keep going. But, yeah. So, but back then, I don't remember, I guess some of those groups I went with you on didn't do group health. So, uh, I mean, the group health has changed a lot over the last 20 years, several Oh, man. Ago. So, when, when uh, the AC Affordable Care Act came around in 2014, it's changed everything. I mean, every plan now is Obamacare. Everyone says that name like it's a, a bad name. But every plan has to meet those unless you have an old grandfather plan, which very seldom you'll see those anymore. But everything has to meet those criteria of meeting 
the regulations for Obamacare now. So everybody's got it, whether they want to or not. Right. Okay. So here's the thing that, you know, as, as I was getting on the phone with you, uh, and we were starting this before I hit record, you were telling me you were getting ready to, you know, sign some apps, get some stuff going. So, you know, you've been doing this, as you mentioned earlier, since the eighties and you're still out hustling, still want to write new business. Yes, sir. You're not, you know, ready to kick up and put your feet on the desk or go play golf all day or cornhole. You know, you're still out hustling every day. Yes, sir. Or every I week. I should say every week. I enjoy it. I mean, it, to me, it's what, not what do you work. enjoy? What do you enjoy hard. the most about it? What do you enjoy the most about it? Is it the making calls? I think when I go make a call on an, on a new group and I get them to say yes, it's that thrill of accomplishment that I've got them to say, hey, we want to work with you. We like you and you're going to do our benefits. There's nothing like that feeling when you get back in the car and you just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. So whether you're, okay, a lot of my audience, majority of my audience is PNC, but there's still that element of prospecting and making oh, calls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk to me. Um, what is, you know, what is it that sets you guys apart at EBS? Now, how many people do you have now? How many, what's your, what's your team look like? We've got 30 agents. We've got, uh, nine of them that are in our house here in East Tennessee. The rest of them are scattered either across the state here, Kentucky, North South Carolina or Alabama. Uh, but what sets you guys apart? Prospecting. Okay. Talk to me. Well, you've got a prospect. I mean, we all know that your, your clientele are going to age out uh, or die or if, if you're doing a group PNC or if you're doing a group health insurance plan, they're, no, they're not going to stay in business forever or they're going to sell to somebody. And, and if they're best friends in the insurance business, you might lose account. So you've always got to go after new business. You've got to have new blood coming in, as I call it, both from an agent standpoint and a prospect standpoint. So when I was in Bowling Green this week, we had an agent and she literally said that we wore her out making calls because we made about 15 calls. On uh, Wednesday, I made about 15 calls yesterday on Thursday. And uh, she goes, that's more than she's ever done. And we did them all in person. It's hard for a person to tell me no when I'm standing in front of them. So when I walk in, I just say, hey, I'm John Smith with your association. Or I'm John Smith. And so-and-so sent me over here to see you. I'm the guy that does the insurance. And I ask them, what do you have in place? And I go through a little fact finder, like a needs analysis. And I ask them what they currently have, find out what they don't have. And I focus on that or if they are telling me that they have something and they're not, it's not working well for them or they're not happy with it. We can help them with that as well. But you've got to do that if you're a new agent in this business. And that's, that's where the new agents don't succeed, Heath, is they don't get out and make the calls. A lot of people have call reluctancy and you've got to go out and make those calls. You need to have at least two or three days a week where you're making 12 to 15 calls a day. And for the first two or three weeks, you'll spend your time doing nothing but that. But then after that, you'll have business to write. And you alternate writing business and making calls, but you still got to keep you still got to keep ten or fifteen groups in what I call my hopper over here on the side. I'm pointing over here, but that way I've got them so that I can call on those groups and get them closed, take them out of my my prospect list over here to my done my client list. So you've got to constantly do that. Yeah, what kills me, and you know, when I first started, I didn't have this opportunity, so I couldn't or probably would have too. But a lot of people now. You know, I train a lot of producers now and they'll tell me, yeah, I emailed a hundred people this week. I'm like, emailing's not the same. Like you said, is face to face or even phone yeah. call for that matter. Or they'll say, you know, I reached out and I DM 47 people on Facebook this morning. And I'm like, you're not going to get the same response rate as seeing them face to face. I'll tell you what I did when COVID hit. You just couldn't go out and see people. Um, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm a big runner. I don't know. Uh, we didn't talk about that. I'll just tell you that uh, I turned 36 and was dating a girl and 
she wanted to go to a 5K race, and I went, and I got hooked. So I started running a lot, very competitively, got really good. I've ran in all 50 states. I've ran all but one county of the 95 counties in Tennessee. So when COVID hit, they were doing a lot of virtual running. And one of the things I did is signed up for the race across Tennessee, where you actually run like 600 miles from Memphis to Bristol, Virginia. So I set up on my workstation on my treadmill at the office, and I would sit there and I'd walk or jog, and I would have my stuff, and I would call people by the phone. And I would actually try to get a video conference with them so I could see them like you and I are doing now. That way they can see me. I'm better in person than I am on the telephone. And like I said, it's harder to say no when you're seeing someone or standing in front of them. But I was closing groups while COVID was going on. And I was on the treadmill talking to people. So you, like I said, you've always got a prospect and, and it's not, you got to not find it in a different way. It's not, you know, reinventing the wheel or building the new, it's not outside the box. As people say, I call it building your own box. You got to do what you feel comfortable with. Within your groups, you know, you've got several niches that you guys work on within, you know, across the state and whatnot. And I remember when I was working with you, it was like nursing homes and assisted living centers and things like that, that I worked on with you. I think we even did some stuff at the city of Memphis, I think maybe, but anyway, um, first of all, when you talk about association work, you know, and you talk about that, that's something I preach as well. And again, I think it comes from that old school that dad taught me, but it's still relevant today. And I think that PNC life and health, no matter what you're selling, I, you know, I think that association works and just working in a vertical or a niche or whatever you want to call it is going to help you a lot. And so for you, when you're teaching a new producer, or you got a new person coming in, what is some of the advice that you give them on working with associations or working in a niche or in a, a vertical, whatever you want to call it? Well, I think that a new agent in this business, uh, especially in the employee benefit side, or the life and health side, let's call it that. You've got to put in the man hours. And I talked about prospecting, but you've got to put in the man hours. If you're a new agent, and even on the PNC side, I would say the same thing. And I know, like you said, a lot of your folks are PNC producers, but you've got to be prospecting. I mean, it's got to be the person you buy your groceries from, where you gas up, where you get your tires and oil changed and all those kind of things. You've got to tell people what you do. You've got to, t- you've got to have that 30-second elevator spell to be able to tell them about, here's what I do, or you're not going to get them as a client. But you've got to constantly do that. Prospecting is 24-7. I mean, even at church, they better know what you do when you're shaking their hand. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, I can't tell you how many times, you know, my, you know, when I worked in uh, PNC at, at iTrust recently, um, you know, my boss there, the agency principal would laugh at me because I would be like, you know, uh, in the fruit section at Kroger, you know, and I'd just be talking to somebody yeah. and, you know, be looking at apples and be like, oh, do you like red delicious apples? I do too. Da, da. And then just, we just start talking. And then literally like 10 minutes later, you know, I'd already have their business card or a phone number, or I'd have something. I would know yeah. how many I'd pull that Columbo approach as dad would do and just stumble around through the apples department or in the meat department. Oh, you like that steak? I, I like this cut, but what, you know, what are you cooking tonight? What's going on? And it would be, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, and I would mention somehow I'd bring insurance into it. I'd be like, Oh, we do a lot of cookouts in the insurance business. Oh, you sell insurance? Like, yeah, I'm gonna come by. I would always try to work at every conversation. <laughs> like man, you're an animal. Do you ever just go somewhere and not talk insurance? Like, no. Like why, you know, I didn't, well, three, it didn't compute going somewhere and not talking about what I do for a living. Right. And how I became the mayor, so to speak, is Stacy and my kids would hate going anywhere with me in public, especially a restaurant. Cause it would be like, I'd be at every table in the restaurant. It's more like like you're be. campaigning. 
Yeah. And my wife was like, could you quit running for mayor for five minutes and eat dinner with the family? And I'm like, this is how we get to eat the dinner that we're having. Absolutely. Well, to me, it's like making new friends. For sure. I I take my business personally. I mean, and every one of my clients, I want them to think of me as a friend. Uh, And they'll call me up for no reason at all. I got one guy used to call me, run a construction company at five o'clock in the morning. He said, just want to see if you're up this morning. And I'm going, Troy, what do you need? He goes, nothing. Just want to see if you're up. I'm going, yeah, five o'clock in the morning. That's okay. Two o'clock, don't be calling me. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, talk to me about what do you do you cold call on any of this or it's all warm calls? Do you do any kind of like true yeah. cold calling? Yeah, I do. I, I like the warm calls better. Who doesn't? Sure. So when I when I walk in, if I came into your office and you're a big PIA guy and I said I'm one of your members of PIA, everything else I say after that, you don't hear. You hear PIA and that's it. And you've opened the, your arms and welcomed John into your office and said, come back and sit down. What do you do with PIA? So it's the same thing, like give you an example of the housing authority. If I was in uh, mall mail at the housing authority and I said, I'm a member of the Southeastern Regional Conference of the Housing Authority Association. And they said, oh, then that's all they hear. And I'm back to meet that decision maker. And I said, by the way, I through the association, I'm the guy that does the insurance. And then I started the conversation. And then I'm right into, hey, what can I help you? Of course, you got to warm them up a little bit when you're sitting there. You don't just go right into the sales process. Hopefully none of these newer agents are, they know they know about the warm up, but you got to do that. You got to compliment them on some of their pictures and their, you know, the football or whatever they've got in their, in their office and just talk shop a little bit or talk so, that before you get talking shop. So I got a guy that I coach uh, every week and his name is Matt. I won't say his last name. I know he listens to this show. So Matt. Hello, Matt. You. So my man always asks me uh, to give him scripts, like to walk in. Cause he's one of these guys that just needs a script. I'm one of these like you, I'll just walk in and Hey, you know, first, you know, dad always said, he came on the podcast and said this, he would take 10 seconds to wipe his feet and kind of look around and look for something in the building to talk to him about, which is super old school, but it works. Yeah, it does. So I do a similar approach, something like that. But uh, what would be your scripting? And I've given Matt, I don't know, a couple scripts here and there, but um, that he says, you know, works for him. But, you know, what would what would John Smith's script be that you could give somebody, a new producer? Uh, I would walk in and just say, my name is Matt. If you wanted this from Matt, so listen up, Matt. Hi, my name is Matt. I was in the area. I'm the guy that works with whatever industry this is. And this that's my manufacturing. Specialty. I work with manufacturing industries. And I haven't met you yet. I'm the guy that does the insurance for all the folks around you. And I don't know why I don't do yours. Maybe we've just not met. Or maybe I didn't have the right shirt on that day. Maybe I smelt bad. Hopefully I smell good today. Who do I need to talk to? And you got to get them laughing. They're going to yeah. laugh. I, no, that's good. I, I was at a group the other day. When we were in Bowling Green and yeah. she was trying to tell the director to come see us and she couldn't get our names right or the association. She just said, look, there's a guy and a girl up here and he smells good. Just come see him. And you know what? They laughed and she right up there. She was laughing when she came in. She goes, he does smell good. And I said, well, at least <laughs> I, that's, that's better. That's better than smelling bad. And uh, so we laughed and joked right away. We went back. They got a thousand employees and we're going to do their life insurance for them. I mean, we got it closed. So that's a great. What a great success story. Your dad always would say, tell me a success story. I have great success stories now. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So similar, 
you know, okay, so if you go in and let's talk, you know, what, what we deal with on either side, whether it's life and health or PNC, let's say you go in, are you looking to get any foot in the door there? Or let's say you go in pitching, I don't know, cancer and health insurance, but then they say, well, what we're looking for is dental and vision. <clears throat> will you settle for the dental and vision or will you walk away? No, absolutely. I'll take any piece of the business because I'm going to earn their trust and eventually I'm going to, I'm going to have everything. I'm good enough right. that they're, they're going to love me. Uh, I'm going to bond with them. I'm going to build that relationship. I'm going to culture and nurture them. And eventually whatever I start with is great, but I'll get more of the business as time goes on. And that's what I said I do. I do kind of a needs analysis. I call it a fact finder. And I ask them what they have in place. So when I uncover what they don't have, that's what I'm going to focus on. And it might only be the dental and vision and maybe life insurance. Maybe the company only has a a small ten dollars or $15,000 policy that's not portable if they leave the company. So I say, well, can we offer some voluntary that's something they pay for? It doesn't cost the company anything. And then they can take it with them if they leave at the same rate. And I'll also do the dental and vision. And I'll let folks know, dental and vision is one of the lowest paid commissions out there. So I've got to offer something else to go with it to make it worth my while. And people, they, they, they appreciate that honesty, I think. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And that's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are afraid of is just being truly vulnerable and honest about things like that and just telling people straight up, you know, honest opinion on things. And, uh, dad, you, you've met him before, but dad has a a good dude that works with him here in Arkansas, uh, named Rick and Rick will go in and just straight up, honestly, just be like, Hey, my name is Rick. And I saw, I didn't want to talk to you about insurance today. I just want to come talk to you, man, or whatever his little spiel is. And, or he'll say, you know, uh, I sell insurance. I'd love it just comes right out the gate with it and it works for him and different things work for different people, but he would just straight up hit it right when he walked in. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think people are, are like that approach too. I mean, you can go in and make them laugh and do the comical thing like you and I and, and pop like to do, but you can also go and just be, you know, here I am rip the bandit off as fast as possible. And be like, oh, okay, this guy's not playing around. He doesn't want to waste my time. Yeah. And Rick's well, and on, honestly, Rick, Rick, Rick weeds this out. You know, you're going to sell so many and you're going to get so many no's. He's getting his no's and going on. Um, I'm going to get a lot of maybes. You're going to get some yeses. You're going to get some maybes, which is where I think a lot of agents don't follow up well enough. When you get somebody that says, hey, I want to, that sounds great. Let me look that over. Let me ask my employees if they want to do this. Or, uh, yeah, let me, let me think about it. Let me, it's like when you're trying to sell them across the table. Well, let me talk to my wife about that. Well, I'm going to make that easy for you. Let me send you something and I'll follow back up with you in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to send you what would be going out to your employees. And if you'll hand it to two or three employees and let's get some feedback on it. If there's interest, we'll go forward. We'll proceed. If there's not, then we didn't waste each other's time, but you've got to do the follow-up and you got to make the calls. You got to do the follow-up. Then you got to work on closing that deal. You got to close it so that you can write the business and then you got to keep the client. I mean, I think there's a couple of steps that you got to do in this business, whether you're doing property and casualty or whether you're doing the life and health side. Yeah. So let me ask you this as we're, we've got through some prospecting talk here. So like you, you've talked to a person, they told you, no, let's say you didn't get it. How long do you keep them in the hopper and the pipeline before you finally just move on? Do you follow up with them every year, every six nope. months? I'll follow up with them. I'll say, all right, well, let me get back to the office. I'll send you an email. And I've got three or four of those today. So I'm emailing them some information to look over and I'll tell them I'll call them in the next two weeks, put them on my calendar to call. And then I call them and say, Hey, did you get that? Did you have any questions? How does that sound? How do we want to proceed? I mean, 
we have a landing page. We can shoot them. They can email it or text it out to their employees and they can open it and tell me what they want. We can come in when they're doing a staff meeting and go over everything. Uh, used to be we'd do it when they handed out paychecks, but most everyone's direct deposit now. So you got to figure out how to do that. A lot of folks will just give me an employee list with their cell phone numbers and say, start calling them. We do a ton of home health and those folks never come in. They, they email them and text them their work assignments for the next week. So they don't have very seldom any meetings and mandatory meetings like it was 20 years ago. You either showed up or you got fired. That's not the way it is now. Mandatory meeting means 25% of the people will show up. So you've got to find a way to see those people, especially if you're doing groups. If you're doing individuals, you've got to you got to you got to figure out how to see them. But on the group side, you've got to figure out how to how to navigate those waters, as I call it. We're at a mid-roll ad, a mid-roll ad, and I love it. And guys, it's that time. It is summertime. It is time not only to get that beach bod ready uh, with working out, eating better, all that good stuff, but also uh, taking care of all those manscaping needs. If you grew out that uh, Austin Powers chest hair over the winter. It's time to take care of that. Yeah, take care of that with the lawnmower 4.0. It is uh, an incredible, incredible product that will help you so much. And you can use it in the shower. And it's, uh, it's got a little light on it that can help you with those hard-to-reach places. Also, you know, this summer when you're at conferences and you're doing uh, your thing and you're networking, make sure you take care of those nose hairs, those ear hairs. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that nasty stuff when they're talking to you. Make sure you take care of all of that. And they can also help you with that below-the-waist grooming as well. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's bikini time. Whether you're wearing a bikini or you're wearing a banana hammock, it's time to make it look good with Manscaped. Also, uh, go to uh, manscaped.com, and guess what? You get 20% off. That's 20% off and free shipping using the code MAYOR. Scroll down to the bottom when you check out. Hit the word MAYOR. So many of you guys have ordered this and have thanked me for it, and I, I love you for it. So keep going to manscaped.com using the code MAYOR, 20% off. Also, my good friends over at CoverDesk. CoverDesk is the premier solution for virtual assistants. You're not you know, you're not going to believe it while they can do. They've trained their virtual assistants in our space. So if you need to expand your team, if you need to grow, you need to add more employees, you need to add more staff, go to CoverDesk.com. They can give you one or two, or they can give you a whole team of virtual assistants to help you with book roles, to help you with remarketing, to help you with accounting needs, to help you with certificates, with uh, endorsements, you name it, CoverDesk can do it. Andy and his team do a phenomenal job over there at CoverDesk, CoverDesk.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and so navigate those waters. Uh, and so, you know, you talked about, you know, the, you know, a lot of people now are doing direct deposit. Now a lot of people are doing... Zoom meetings. And a lot of people are, they, the game has changed since 2020. Uh, and oh, God, so yeah. For you guys, I know you mentioned earlier you did Zoom meetings on your treadmill, but is that something that's changed the game for, for you guys? Because I know it has in the PNC world. I know it has in the health insurance, but what about employee benefits? Is that something you had to adapt to pretty quickly? Well, uh, we developed a landing page. One of our agents uh, came to us with one he worked up, and we can send that to the group, and it goes through all the products. They can read about them. And then the last page, they have they have to fill out, yes, they want information or no, they don't. So they fill out and they check what they want. They tell me the best time to call them, give me the phone number, an email address, and and then we reach out to them and just, it's all electronic now. Like you said, COVID changed everything. I've gotten good on Zoom meetings. I don't like it. I'd much rather be in person with someone. I think they appreciate that and they feel more comfortable asking questions 
than they do when you're on the phone or on a Zoom. Do you think you can still, all right, do you think you're better closing the deal in person or better at closing the deal on a Zoom? And, or do you in think it's equal? Yeah. In, in person. In person. So talk to me. Okay. That's another thing. To me, I've noticed over the last 20 years, you either got, <laughs> you got people that are really good at opening up you know, open the doors. You got really people really good at closing, you know, and I obviously you have people that are good at both, but you know, as far as closing that deal, I think a lot of agents have a hard time with the closer. I mean, yeah, they can get in there. They can make them laugh. They can get them talking when it comes down to, you know, dad would always tell me just drop the pin, shut up. You yeah. know, and then it's one of those who, he who talks first loses. And so I would just, and I had a hard time with that. That's why I have a podcast, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but it's one of those things that, you know, is that similar? Like, what do you tell people when it comes to, to closing the deal? Well, I think that you go hard close or what do you do? No, sometimes the easiest thing to do is how's that sound? And then you wait for them to say something and they'll, they'll either say, it sounds great. Here's how we want to do it. Or I need to run this up the flagpole, run this by so-and-so and, and, and do this. We had one in Bowling Green. They changed uh, their main office had moved to Richmond. So when she said that, and I said, well, here's my card. Uh, her name was Tamara. I said, all right. Uh, she said, I'll pass this on to my boss. And, and I said, well, next time I'm in Richmond area, which is a, a whole different four hour drive from where I was at in Bowling Green. I said, I'll try to go by and, and meet Greg and go through all that kind of stuff. He even it had an email in my inbox before I got home, wanting to know what we could do for him. And it was all because of the association, because it's adults with disability. Not too many, too many people like to do that. So he said, would you send me what you can provide for us? before we sit down for our meeting face-to-face. -face. I'm going, wow, it kind of floored me. I thought she brushed me off and we would never get that. So you don't ever know. You never know. You've got to treat them all with the same courtesy and and like you're going to have them as a client. And I tell people right off the bat, I'm looking forward to having you as a client. Before I walk out the door, I tell them that because I want them to think of us it's already done deal. So you're, you're closing the close. from the very beginning. Before yeah, you I, even I, get – yeah, I assume the close. Yeah. From the jump. Yeah. Why would they and, not? No, they I don't want to. I just, you know, for me, I'm impressed with employee benefits folks because it truly is, uh, in my opinion, you know, it's like an ancillary price. It's not a, it's not a, like you have to have a home and auto to close a loan or to have this. It's legal or you ha like you have to have it for law or whatever. But with employee benefits, it's not, you don't have to. Like these people do not have to purchase this. So right. it's, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm impressed by it. Um, I've always told dad, you know, how impressed I was with it. Cause like I said, he can see you have to have it. Yeah. And so what mindset is that for you? Is that it's all, it's what I've done? My wife says I'm untrainable for anything else, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I love it. I mean, to me going to meet new people and everyone's situation is going to be different. It's not working in a factory where I put this part together eight hours a day for five days a week. I get to see different scenery, different people. Everyone's in a different situation. I get to help them problem solve. Um, and, and you make friends. Why would you not want to be in this business? I mean, I understand for most folks, it's commission. That's how I am. I'm commission only. So if I don't sell anything, I don't get paid. And for some folks, that's hard to give up that salaried paycheck. But it's very lucrative if you're good at it. We've been blessed. Uh, our salespeople, especially my wife and I, have uh, been very blessed to be in this business because we, we, we're good at it and we enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I... Uh... I used to have a, a group, an ABC group of uh, uh, beauty salon, hair salon people. And yeah. um, so I, I sold quite a few of those because they were easy for me. And I'd go in, I was dealing with women in my 20s. So I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, it a yeah. lot. You, you really did. Uh, it was fun. So 
Anyhow, I, I come to the studio where I'm at now, and I'm dealing with this real estate agent and talking to her through v- emails or whatnot. And we show up here, and she shows me the space and all this stuff. And then she looked at me. She was like, Heath Sharon? I was like, yeah. She was like, I've got a cancer policy that you sold me 22 years ago, 18 years, whatever it was when I was a beautician. And I was like, no way. She's like, well, my last name's different. I got married, blah, blah, blah. And I got three kids now. And she starts showing me pictures of her kids. We went to the office and she was like, I, I'll never forget you. You came in and we laughed and you, you were my agent. You came by all the time and you sold all the people in the other chairs around me and blah, blah, blah. And, but you're right. Those people don't forget that kind of stuff. You do a you're good like long lost, long lost friends. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I do remember, you know, going to meeting you in Memphis, uh, y'all make those meetings fun. Like it yeah. wasn't just like a lot of people are like, oh, the insurance guy's coming. I got to go and sign some papers and do this. But you and Mike and your team, y'all would make it fun. Yep, sir. Yes, sir. It's got to be fun. You got to enjoy it or be miserable. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I guess, goes into part of closing that deal for you and keeping that client. Yeah. Well, the follow-up is in relation to the close. But then after that, I always tell the group, once I've closed them, we send them a thank you letter and everything. But I'll tell them uh, before I leave from the from the enrollment, we got all the paperwork and everything done. I say, look, we're going to make mistakes. Everybody in this world is going to make mistakes. And if we make mistakes, give me a chance to correct it. If I continue to make mistakes, I expect you to find some other insurance agent that won't. I said, but give me a chance. Don't, if I If I make a mistake, let me correct it. Give me that one opportunity. And then if I continue to make mistakes, I understand if you change agents. And I'll, I'll remind them about that and say, look, we haven't made anything. We're doing everything like we're supposed to. And, uh, you know, because this is donkey dog business, whether it's the property and casualty side or the life and health, people will move for $5 on the property and casualty. They don't care. And on the employee benefit side, if the owner has a brother or a cousin or a, a best friend, the golfing buddy that comes into business, they'll boot you out and move them in in a hurry. So you've got to protect that business. So we try to do it on the front end and periodically. And um, every year when I go back in and do the re-enrollment, I always sit down with the employer and before I leave and say, Hey, we've got this many people taking advantage. Don't forget we've um, that big one in Memphis that you went to got 750 employees. They were looking to move their disability insurance. I said, you know, we paid like 580 claims this last year. And they said, what? I said, yeah, we paid 580 claims. And, uh, so they were going, wow. And, you know, they didn't know that a couple of them were just an x-ray here and there or, or something like that, but they were claims. So the new company coming in said, we don't want any part of it. I mean, and if you let folks know that you're doing a good job for your staff, then they're going to keep you in there. They, they have that need to make their employees happy. And if you're the one making them happy, they want to keep you in there. I think that's a good approach, too, on that uh, renewal or the the re-enrollment to remind them what all you've done for them and set that meeting yeah. up and say, Hey, it looks oh, yeah. like this year we paid out over $800,000 in claims. Remember that roof we put on your house or you remember that yeah. claim that we had? Oh, do you remember when Mary had cancer and she went through that chemo? Do you know that we paid for blank? You know, do you remember that car wreck that Carl had blah, blah, blah. I mean, you remind them of that and it makes it really hard for them to leave you once you start telling them what all you've done for them. Oh, do you remember we saved you 25% on your premiums last year because of whatever, you know? And so I think that's a good approach there too. I I like that. So again, you talked about when you write somebody uh, or you get a new group, you send them a thank you note, and then obviously you come back for the renewal. Uh, But is there anything out in between there that you'll do or, you know, you'll be involved with them in between you know, the thank well, you note for the renewal. If, uh, but we do try to stay in touch with them throughout the year. And just, you know, we, we do a, a short little newsletter that we do twice a year. It goes out to everyone. Just tells them what's going on in the market and stuff like that. 
And, and to be honest with you, I think that when you send it out on constant contact, I think you're lucky if 28% of the people open it up. So you send it to them and not everybody reads it, but you're putting forth the effort and at least you're, you're trying. Yeah. And I think that customer journey is a big part of it because, you know, they may be like, my old guy didn't do that. That Aflac guy didn't do this. The Aflac guy didn't send me this letter. Whether they open it or not, yeah. maybe they open it two or three months, but they don't the other eight or nine or 10, you know, Absolutely. So, but again, it's, it's because, and that's the thing. There's so much competition out there uh, and you have that abundance mindset. There's a lot out there, whether it's, you know, Geico or Aflac or it's State Farm or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't know what you've got in your town, you know, Colonial or whoever the big dog is, but, you know, there's plenty of business out there and you've got to set yourself apart, whatever that looks like. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, you know, that was the thing that was, that was hard. And I wanted to ask you about this, you know, we didn't really discuss this too much ahead of time, but you know, for me, when I talk to a lot of producers out there and they want to complain about name recognition or they want to say, oh, well, you know, they're not going to know who this company is or they're not going to know this or that. And I talk to them about they're not buying from the company. They're buying from you personally. But you have sold, you mentioned earlier, 20 some odd million dollars a year in premium with a little small company out of Alabama. I mean, not all of it there, but a lot of business. You won trips probably every year since 83. You know, yeah. what is that? You know, nobody's ever heard of Lycoa unless you live in Gadsden, Alabama. Absolutely. Talk to me about, you know, what's that for you that overcoming that? It's never, I've never had it be a problem. I might have it. If, I, if I'm in the city of Memphis or Nashville and, and I'm going in, they're going to want to know some, some details about the strength of the company. But if I'm going into my associations and I'm doing a, a home health or adult with disability group, they're buying from me. They're buying from employed benefit specialist, John Smith. They don't even know what company they got. They have a claim. They have something that's a problem. They need a new ID card. They need to change their address. They don't call the insurance company. They call us. We've got four ladies here in the office. Well, four and a half. We've got a um, intern that's working from high school that works for us in the afternoons. But they call in here and they take care of all the admin claims, processing everything here, not an insurance company. So we take care of all that for them. And that's what they know. They'll call me for, you know, they'll think then they're, they need to change something on their 401k and they'll call me and I don't do it, but they'll still call me. And that's fine. That's what I want them to do. I want them to call me for anything. You're you're 100 correct. That's one of the things that I talk about a lot. And again, going back to my stick as the, the mayor, I want them to call me for everything. Even where do I get my oil changed? Do you know a good dentist? You know what's a good account that I should be using? <laughs> yeah. You know what do you think about John Smith over at EBS? I want them to call me about every daggum thing, so that I'm their go-to. And I love you said that about the 401ks because you're right. It happens all the time. Yeah. And so I have people. I have people call me if they're one of our groups and their spouse dies. I'm like usually the second or third phone call. And it might only be a policy I wrote, but I'm going to help them with it. I'm going to help them process the dead claim. And I'll tell them what we need. And Davina, who does our claims here in the office, she'll get on the phone with them. And Davina's just a sweet old country girl. And she'll go, this is Davina. And they love, fall in love with her. And, and they'll call me uh, or talk to me next time they see me. And they go, well, that Davina in your office, she's awesome. She took care of that claim. I said, she's my bulldog. If, if there's a claim that needs to be paid and you're due $50, she's going to get on the phone with the insurance company and get you that $50. And you've got to have a team behind you. I know a lot of folks in this business are, are self-supported. They do, they do everything themselves. Sure. They sell sure, it. Sure. They fill out the apps. They, they process the business. And I'll promise any one of those agents that's listening that does that, if you hire your secretary within two years, your income will triple. If you hire you somebody administratively wise to do that, Everything will increase as far as your 
your sales and your profits. Uh, people don't believe that. You know, Mike down in Chattanooga, I told him that for years. He finally hired a part-time secretary and his income's tripled or quadrupled since then. You've got to have because someone. It takes take, you out take, of doing that day-to-day work. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can do what you're, good, what you're at, good at. Go to the sales. Absolutely. Yep. Speaking of sales, there you go. He's got a sale coming in. That's but, what uh, guys. So, you know, as we you know, we start to wrap up a little bit, I, I do like, you know, what you brought up. And I think you're right. And I think too many agents and producers out there get caught up in, you know, the name on the policy or, yeah, you know, and I think a lot of it's just an excuse, just a flat out yeah. excuse of not wanting to cold call or not wanting to do this or that, or just an excuse of why they closed. Instead of just saying, you know what? I suck at closing. I need to work on it. They'll be like, oh, well, nobody knows what Lycoa. Who cares? I've seen my dad has put some good food on the table, taking me on some great trips and put me in a nice house in suburbs of Arkansas and worked for Lycoa his entire career. I don't think he's ever sold another policy outside of Lycoa. And we've done very well for ourselves. I'm proud of it. You know, and I, I, he's never complained one time about what's Lycoa. Well, and my wife, uh, you met Stephanie. Uh, she came from the property cash background. She was a farmer's agent for about, oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. And I hired her to come to work with us and sell policies about 20 years ago. And then we started dating and married 12 years. But she had one of the guys in her office, an older gentleman who since passed away. And he said something that's very true still to this day. Work with another agent. If you're not good at closing groups, find somebody who is and work with them. You'll never go broke splitting business. And I'm going, what a great saying. You'll never go broke splitting business. I love that. I mean, I mean that, what, a, what a great, what a great phrase. That's brilliant. I think that's so true. And that was one of the things that, you know, when I was first training, like I said, dad would send me down to work with you and Mike, dad would send yeah. me to work with Eddie or dad would send me to work with Rick or whoever. Yeah. And I would be, but dad, I got to split my commissions. Like you're learning, you know, you're growing, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, you got to do those things, but he, he was right. And I built up a good, I don't know how much money I, you probably paid me quite a bit in commissions over the years as a 20 year old kid. And you know, it kept me afloat, you know, with my young family yeah. and my kids that are now, you know, in their teenage years. But again, had I went in there with that mindset of, I don't want to split business or I don't want to do this or that, I would have been in a bad spot. And so, or if you'd have told dad, well, actually you'd have been fine without me there, but you know, it was nice to probably have an extra set of hands, um, especially as good looking as I am. That probably helped you too, but <laughs> sidebar. Anyway, uh, no, I, I appreciate because I do think, you know, and I've always been impressed with the success you have. And I see the magazines that come in and we got to see the top five and I'm constantly seeing somebody from you guys or yourself up there in the top. And so yeah. is that something that motivates you is being in that top five? I think poverty motivates me more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got... Me and Heath, me and the bank own a lot of stuff together. So I've got to pay them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I know we're going to close up here in a minute. I want to, you wanted me to say something. I want to make sure I don't forget this about the property cash. The guys, I've got a guy yeah, yeah, in yeah. Cookville, Cookville, Tennessee, who's got a PNC agency. And, and I went to his office one day and I said two things. I said, one, you need to have a brochure on your front counter with a enroll yourself cancer policy. You can have just a cancer policy and have a simple application. They can mail it in and it has your information on the back and you can get commission on it. It's real simple. It has the rates, it's prepackaged and everything. And I said, then you need to have a broker that you work with on your uh, commercial side because here's what's going to happen. Affleck's going to go in there and they're going to call on that. Then they're going to have a buddy in the commercial business and they're going to roll you out. They're going to try to replace you in there. So you need to have someone that's got your back that can go in and help and compliment you 
that you feel comfortable with to do the medical and the dental and the vision and the, the ancillary products so that you two, between the two of you, if, they, if the PNC company doesn't do it, but the two of you can work together and, and complement that. And then that uh, employee benefits guy is going to open up his block of business for them to do the property and casualty side in there too. It's a two-way street, you know, one hand washes the other, as they say. But working together in this is great. It's networking. Yeah, I have an agency that I work with in Georgia that they take, there's two of them. They go out and do calls together, kind of like you and Mike used to do, or you and me or whoever. But they would go out and do calls together and to be one employee benefits guy and the commercial property and casualty guy. And they would go and they would lead with one or the other. Let's say they would lead with the uh, employee benefits and they would say, oh, we've got a guy at Aflac that's been doing it for 10 years. It's my my father-in-law or my brother-in-law. Immediately, PNC guy would jump in. What about your workers' comp? You know, who handles your general liability or your whatever? It was one of those things, truly, they couldn't say no to all of it. And if they did, then obviously they had something going on. But it was just a way for them to play off each other and be able to have a good time with it. And if they said no to that, oh, we already have, you know, Jane Doe down the road who does our PNC. Okay. Um, you, you own a home, you have a lake house, you have this, and they'd go into that. I mean, it was just, and they'd be like, man, y'all do it all. It's like, yeah, we're a one-stop shop. We do all this, da, da, da. But I Absolutely. think it would help if you had somebody, but again, if you don't have an employee benefits person in your office or that you're connected with or have a referral partner with, you're missing out. Because again, John's lived a beautiful life and now hangs out in Costa Rica and plays it cornhole with bars all the time selling employee benefits people that look up on or look down upon or they think oh it's you know not there's a lot of money to be made in that business sound like a drunk don't it? lazy drunk man. <laughs> you sound like a hard-working man who likes to play cornhole i remember I though um uh, we spent a lot of time playing uh, Golden Tea. Yeah. Uh, is that what's called golden tea yeah it was mike golden was tea. real big in the golden mike tea. was big in that yeah so now it's yeah, now, cornhole, now it's cornhole i've gotten i've gotten good at that if i I wasn't in Costa Rica so much and could have the time to travel all the big tournaments because you have to keep your points up there. Yeah. I could probably maybe turn professionally at Cornhole. I really enjoy it. It's fun. That's awesome. I've, I've had my I've had my sports. I've went through the boxing, uh, running, and softball, and now Cornhole. I'm surprised you haven't uh, sold some insurance through that, too, Cornhole tournaments. I have. I have. <laughs> I mean – most Again, always selling. That, most people I play cornhole with know what I do for a living, and most of them are clients already. Yep. So you're talking to I don't know twenty to twenty two thousand that'll probably hear this right now. Um, what is uh, what's whether they're in PNC Life and Health or whatever? What's a piece of advice you would give any salesperson to be successful? More than anything, prospect. Okay. You have to prospect, and it's an when I say it's twenty four seven, it's always twenty four seven. My wife gets mad at me for waking up at three in the morning and I can't sleep because I'm thinking about something that I need to go do or somebody I need to talk to. And I'll actually get up and leave myself a, a voice message on my phone. She goes, you need to sleep. You need to rest. But still at 61 years old, and I've done this for 40, this is starting my 44th year. I love it. I mean, to me, this is not hard work. Uh, it's not manual. It's more you know, right. getting up and going and making friends and talking to talking to people. Yeah, and you know your your pipeline will never dry up if you're always prospecting. Absolutely, love that, love it. Anything else you want to share with the audience? I can't think of. I sure appreciate the mayor having me on here, dude. You know, you mentioned something earlier before we hit record, and again, you've known me for you've known me forty three years, but uh, you know, I do enjoy this. You know, you asked me that earlier. Uh, 
I could still be out selling every day, but I, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking to people like you, getting your story out there. I love helping other people. I love getting in the mailbag, getting uh, emails and phone calls from people saying, hey, could you have so-and-so on? And, you know, well, you're good at it. What? You're good at it. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I think I'm better than talking than I am at selling, but you know, we'll see. You know, it's funny. You sent me a text. I don't know, it's probably been several months ago. And you're like, your mom said you'd have me on the show. And I started dying laughing. I was like, yeah, all right, mama. I'll, I'll get him on one of these days. Uh, but you're a busy guy. It's been hard to get, you know, get you yeah. schedules together. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'll tell you one more thing before you yeah. sign me off here. Um, when I go to Costa Rica this next, uh, winter season, my snowbird time, as they call it, uh, I'm going to start doing some podcast of training agents and you I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you for your help on that and your guidance, because you know how to do the podcast and I need your help to help train these new agents in here, how to be successful. Let's do it. I'm in. Uh, I would love that. I think you'd be good at it. And I think people should listen to you. I think people right now need to bookmark this episode and play it for their agents in their office, because you've said a lot of good stuff on there about making calls, following up, you know, closing the deal, keeping the client, all those kind of things. And so, and he used to be a boxer, so he'll whoop your butt if you don't <laughs> listen. So, uh, thanks again, man. Hey, if people did want, if they listen to this, like, man, I need to talk to John or maybe I need a, you know, an EBS guy in my office. Or a referral partner there. How could they get a hold of you? I'm on my cell, 865-805-8743. And you're licensed in probably multiple states, most states. Texas and Oklahoma, all the way to Virginia, all the way down. There you go. So wherever you listen, if you need somebody, and he'll probably get licensed wherever. But uh, yeah, he's got somebody we just to closed help you a, out. Closed a group in Nevada. We've got to get licensed in Nevada. And they've got employees in California. So we just had to get licensed there. There you go. So. Yeah, it's we can do it. There you go. And it's ebstn.com. Yes, sir. Employee Benefits Specialist, TN, Tennessee, it. TN. There you go. In Tennessee. That's right. So, Morristown. I love that. All right. Dude, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again soon, but I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. You got it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for hanging out with me, my man, John Smith, today in the program. We had a great time, and I hope that you did, too. I hope you learned as much as I did. I had my pad and paper going, and I was writing notes, and I've heard this guy you know, teach me these things for 25 years or more. Uh, he's phenomenal. He does a great job, and um, if you want to hear more from him, you know, make sure you reach out to him. He left his contact info. Also, if you've got uh, some guest show guest ideas, if you've got some content ideas, uh, keep sending those to me. I love getting all of those. Go to Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Also, if you have an idea for your own show and you're sitting here thinking, man, if this guy can do it, I can do it too. Well, you can. And uh, getreadysetpodcast.com is the place to go for it. You just re- talk, hit record, and they do all the rest. Getreadysetpodcast.com. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Hit the subscribe button, smash the like button. I'll see you on the next one.